there in podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 49. Just in case I don't bury the lead, I want to make sure I get this out there. Today, my interview going 10 rounds with Rhino is going to be undefeated LFA Bantamweight out of Team Strong Style MMA in Independence, Ohio, Maurice Mosho Miller. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and get our schedule together. This week, we've got our coverage of Dana White's Contender Series, Bellator 252, just the co-main in Maine. Full UFC Vegas 14 breakdown. Drea's drop of the night, the triumphant return of our future player, Drea. Main card predictions for UFC 255. The quick overview of Kel Brook and uh, Bud Crawford's boxing match last night. Another great Q&A with the Rhino gang. And then, as I said before, my interview with Maurice DeMosho Miller. Very cool. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Check it out. You know, so this is where we get to know the stars before they become stars. And I believe he's got the absolute potential to be that. So let's go ahead and get our swim chunks in our flippy floppies on and dive right in. On Tuesday night's Dana White Contender Series, we had five fights, which was better than the previous week's four. We had uh, the first one was. Um, we're going to go that I have written down. I'm not even remembering sure what, what order everybody was in, but, uh, we had Danny Sabatello versus Taylor Moore at 135 pound. This one was kind of boring. Lots of control time for Danny Sabatello. He, uh, did not get a contract due to just doing the old lay and pray method for the entirety of the time. Then we had Luliana Pinero versus Stephanie Fausto, a beautiful left hook TKO in round one. Luliana does get a contract from Dana. Then moving into 155 pound, we have Joseph Lowry versus uh, Nicholas Mota. Nicholas landed much heavier shots. He got the victory. Um, so, yeah, he gets a contract too. Then moving into Shaheen Santana versus. Oh, boy. Natan Levy. That's it. Natan Levy. Uh, submission in the third round by the head and arm choke for Natan Levy. Fighting up a weight class. Very cool. They they fought at a catch weight of 160. Uh, then moving into Marius. Oh, boy. I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> Versus uh, Mario Souza. We got the UD for Souza. It was a good fight. Both guys tall, lanky. A lot of shots both ways. I thought it could have gone either way. But uh, Souza got the decision, but did not get a contract. So... Uh, Pinero, Mota, and Levy were the three that got the contract. Sabatello and Souza both won, but did not. The uh, I guess the there's been just another going to be another hiatus after next week's Dean White Contender Series, which sucks because that's my favorite thing for a Tuesday night. Uh, moving into Bellator 252, uh, just the co-main, we had uh, Yaroslav Amazov versus Logan Staley. This one was a very close fight. Split decision for Yaroslav, and then moving into the 145-pound title fight, Patricio Pitbull versus Pedro Cavallo. This one didn't last very long, folks. Just 210 in the first round. A beautiful right cross for Patricio Pitbull. But Pedro on the ground, finished up a little bit of GMP. Yeah, Patricio, man, putting a stake in his claim. But that 145 belt is going nowhere anytime soon. All righty, moving into our UFC Las Vegas 14 prelims. We had, oh, man, I picked bad last night, too. So it started out strong. Uh, Dante Mays versus Roki Martinez. This one was really, I don't know, man, just kind of showed how Dante Mays threw and landed a lot of hard shots. And Roki Martinez was a fire hydrant who took most of the, most of not all of them uh, and kept coming forward, dude. Good on Dante Mays for winning all three rounds very uh uh, clearly, gosh, he's like 6'6 six, six and like 250, 60, and he threw some beautiful flying knees, which you don't get to see that very often. Very cool for Don Taylor. He just needs to be able to pick up the pace a little bit, but I think we can hear some uh, hear some noise out of him at 265. 
Roki, I don't think he's ever going to get a win in the UFC at this point. I think he's probably uh, going to move back to the free, uh, I'll say regional scene, right? Uh, so good win for Dante Almeida, unanimous decision. Moving into Tony Gravely versus Geraldo De Freitas. This one was a lot of Tony taking Geraldo down and then Geraldo trying to throw up subs and Tony not getting subs. <laughs> that was a lot of it. I don't know why it was a split decision. It was very clearly Tony, uh, to me, won all three rounds. And I just, just for the, just for some listeners out there who, who will get the reference to uh, Gerardo De Freitas, Ale, Alintata, Rico. Suave. Oh, man, I love that, dude. I love that song when we were growing up. But a uh, big win for Tony Gravely and uh, over Geraldo. Then moving into the 115-pound division, we had uh, Kanako Murata versus Randa Marcos. Randa Marcos, longtime bet of the UFC, 500 record. She was overwhelmed. Kanako's takedowns, her trips, her top control, she was just, looked like she was twice as strong as Randa Marcos. So uh, big, big win for 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 Kanako by unanimous decision over Randa Marcos. Randa is now sub 500 on her record, so I don't know if we're going to see her back uh, in the UFC. She may need to go down a couple steps, get a couple wins, and then earn her way back into uh, the promotion. Moving into Alex Morono, the great white versus Reese McKee uh, from Ireland. Morono was just landing harder the whole fight, right? Landing harder strikes, big punches, nice overhands. Uh, he had like a nice shovel punch, was landing a lot. Reese McKee's face was wearing the abuse all over it. But Reese, to his credit, man, stuck in there. He was throwing a lot of um, good straight shots. There just wasn't a lot behind him, right? He showed a lot of potential in that fight. But Alex Brown showed his absolute veteran uh, savvy when he was in there and landed really hard shots. Good win for Alex Morono. Very clear unanimous decision. These are out of order, and I understand that, right, because – I wrote them out of order, but <laughs> just bear with me. Uh, so then we're going to move into the Ashley Yoder fight, which was against Miranda Granger. This one was Yoder outstruck, out had the takedowns, out had top control, out had sub attempts, out had everything, especially against the clinch position against Miranda. I had picked Miranda to win this one. Ashley Yoder once again showed her uh, capability on, on the feet and on the ground. Not a ton was happening there, right? But she got a good unanimous decision in that one. Moving into our catchweight bout of the evening, we had a 195-pound catchweight between Brendan Allen and Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, the guy who loves to talk a lot of uh, shit while he's in there, which is always really entertaining and fun. Brendan Allen, a very good fighter, good stand-up. Uh, I think he's on Rufus Fort, if I remember correctly. So this was a fun high strike count first first round, dude. Lots of high pace, lots of stuff landing for both guys. Strickland definitely had the advantage. Uh, and then in the second round, more of the same. Sean Strickland was landing not big, heavy, hard shots, but they were straight and they were, you know what I mean? They were affecting Brendan Allen in a major way. And then, boom, he hit him with a nice shot, which kind of staggered him a little bit. Uh, Allen kind of faded back into the cage. Strickland moved in, landed a few more strikes. Referee stopped the fight. TKO for the second round for Sean Strickland. Uh, we got a great question about him later on in the Q&A portion of the show. Then I've got my uh, breakdown of Kay Hansen versus Corey McKenna. Corey McKenna out of Team Alpha Male via Wales. And then Kay Hansen. This was a very even striking uh, in the first round. I thought Kay took taking the back at the end of the first round. I thought that kind of gave her the first round. But both of them are landing a lot of the one-twos. There was a lot of one-two game, a lot of one-two head kicks uh, for both of these fighters at 115 yesterday in the uh, in the second round more of the one two game 
I thought basically that it was a really even match throughout, right? I thought the I thought the fight was Kay Hansen's, dude, to be honest with you. I had her winning the first and the third, and I gave McKenna the second. The judges did not see it that way. Corey McKenna, unanimous decision over Kay Hansen. But again, they're, they're both prospects. They both put out a good performance, and I guarantee you we're going to see both of them back in the cage. No question about it in my mind. Both very entertaining uh, fighters at 115. Then I've got Abdul Al Raz, I'm sorry, Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Chaos Williams. This one didn't take long, folks. <laughs> this one was very early on. I mean, a few leg kicks landed for both guys, and then Chaos threw a beautiful straight right hand down the pipe, hit Abdul right on the chin, starched him, zombied him, made his arm sticking up there. It was the cleanest KO of the night. Beautiful, beautiful shot. Detroit stand up for your homie, Chaos Williams. He was also all over the social media later for his amazing suit, which was reminiscent of a lot of the old school boxers had really sharp suits like that, especially here in Detroit. Loved it. Loved that guy. I can't wait to see what happens next for him. Very, very cool. Uh, Then moving into the main event, we had Paul Felder, the Irish Dragon, coming in on five days notice. Going against RDA, longtime champ at 155, moving back down to 155 after a very unsuccessful run at 170. Again, I love Paul Felder. I mean, we were all talking about the big dick energy throughout the entirety of this last five days. He absolutely saved the card, gave a little bit of star power. Uh, Unfortunately, this was all RDA, all five rounds. I thought Paul had his moments, a couple of nice spinning back elbows, uh, some very nice front kicks and teeps. But this was RDA. This was RDA putting him back into the cage, taking him down, doing damage, doing nice work on the feet, too. RDA's left hook to the body was nasty the few times he landed it. Also beat up Paul on the feet a little bit, opened up a nice big gash on Paul's forehead. Again, I don't know what that one judge was talking about making it a split decision, but I gave RDA literally all five rounds, even though I wanted Paul Felder to win all five rounds. Good showing from RDA. We had a question about him. What's next for him later? Paul Felder, I'm so glad you're not retiring. I want you to get a full camp in, find whoever you want next. You should be able to, you know, have car blanche with Dana with all that you do for him. But between the between the cornering, between the commentary, and between the fighting, fucking hero, man. You are a hero of the UFC. You're a hero of MMA. Hero human being. Love Paul Felder. Good win last night for RDA. So before we get any further and we give Dre a call, just real quick, we had a very big boxing match last night. We had um, Bud Crawford versus Cal Brook uh, in the welterweight for the WBO welterweight title. Bud Crawford is undefeated right now. He's 37 and 0. I'm letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. Um, it was all him the entire time. Kel Brook got stopped in the fourth round because Bud Crawford hit a beautiful kind of a chopping overhand right that kind of started the combo that finished him. The referee gave him a chance. And it was unnecessary because then Bud Crawford went in and finished him on the feet. But I, I want to give a big shout out to Kel Brook because he has only lost to Triple G, okay, uh, Errol Spence Jr., and now Bud Crawford. So you want to talk about a guy who fights the best of the best in in and around the 147 to 154 pound division? It's Kel Brook. Massive respect to him. Bud Crawford to me is the best fighter in the world, pound for pound. Uh, great win for him. And another, again, Kel Brook, I think you are, you deserve massive respect, dude. You fight the best of the best. You don't just talk about it, you are about it. Big ups to you, my friend. So, let's go ahead and give Dre a call, and we're going to go into her drop of the night, plus our picks for UFC 255. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our Drea's Drop of the Night, the world-famous Drop of the Night, back from her hiatus. We are glad to have you back, Drea. We had quite the amazing knockout last night that I believe is going to be Drea's Drop of the Night, but we never know for sure. So lay it on us. What was your Drea's Drop of the Night from last night, UFC 14? Well, there is no question as to who got my drop of the night this week. Chaos Williams. Williams just 30 seconds into round one, connected with this nasty straight right, uh, right to the chin of Al Hassan <clears throat> that just starched him. Uh, and Al Hassan falls stiff of the board. Uh, Williams takes the round one KO. So my Dre's drop of the night goes to Detroit's Chaos Williams. Hell yeah, Detroit's Chaos Williams. Beautiful. I talked about him a little bit uh, in the breakdown. I, and not only did I talk about the fight, but I talked about his amazing suit that he was rocking. Uh, oh my God, that. right? That was amazing. <laughs> I love him second of it. Uh, so big up for Chaos Williams, man. Look, look forward to seeing what's him uh, up with them later on in the future. So, Drea, we have got a pay-per-view next week. We've got the big, we got a number next to the name, big UFC 255. Let's go ahead and get our main card picks together for the uh, for UFC 255. I'll let you go ahead and start with the Tim Means versus Mike Perry pick. Okay, as much as I hate doing it because I'm not a Mike Perry fan, um, I think Mike Perry's going to do it, though. I'm, I'm taking Mike Perry, uh, defeating Tim Means by uh, TKO in the third. Okay, quite the opposite. I have got Tim <laughs> the Dirty Bird Means beating Mike Perry. All the homies hate Mike Perry. Fuck Mike Perry for life. I yeah. got Tim Means, unanimous decision over Platinum Mike Perry. Uh, well, I, I am curious to see who's going to be in the corner of Mike Perry, whether it's just going to, you know, I'm curious. I, and that I, yeah, it, me too. Is, that is part <laughs> there hasn't been as much talk about it this time. Last time I know, it was all I know. about the the girlfriend, but they yeah, haven't said much Latori about it. or something or other. Um, but she's pretty pregnant now, so I don't know if she's going to be there or not. That we'll probably wouldn't see. be the best idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Tim means UD over Mike Perry. Then I'll go ahead and do the next one. I got okay. Caitlin Jukagian. By unanimous decision against Cynthia Calvillo, uh, what say you, Peach Play Adrea? I'm actually going the exact same. I'm going Caitlin Chikagan, uh with a unanimous decision on that one as well. Coming off of her uh, body shot destruction last mm-hmm. time out, I think she's got something to prove, and I think Caitlin's going to put on a good performance against Cynthia. So then we got uh, Paul Craig versus Shogun. What's your pick for that one? I'm going Paul Craig. I'm. I think. Uh, He's going to take it with a unanimous decision. I'm hoping. I actually so, I like Paul Craig. <laughs> yeah, I like Paul Craig too, but I always have to say the different. I got Paul Craig is going to be Shogun by third round submission. Paul Craig gets the victory <laughs> over Shogun. I love Shogun, dude. I have for forever since back in the Pride days. I'm glad he's still fighting, but mm-hmm. I think Paul Craig is. I think Paul Craig is going to sub him. I really do. Yeah. Third round sub uh, for Paul Craig. So I'll go ahead and do the next one for our 125 pound champion, Valentina. Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. I think Shevchenko is going to try to get rounds in. Like she's so much better than Jennifer. I think she's going to yeah. let her like play with her. along. Yeah, yeah, toy with her like a cat <laughs> with a string. And I got I got Valentina Shevchenko finally putting Jennifer Maya out uh, by TKO in the third round by referee stoppage. So I think Valentina third round KO over Jennifer Maya. What about you? Um, I am taking Valentina around two. TKO. I think it'll be a ref stoppage as well, but I'm going round two. 
All right, and then moving into the flyweight division, the titles on the line, Davison Figueredo versus Alex Perez. I think this one's going to be actually kind of surprising. I know Figueredo hits hard as a Mack truck, especially mm-hmm. for that division. I think Perez is really tough, and I think he'll be able to hang in there. But I have Davison Figueredo winning and retaining his title by a TKO in the fifth round. What about you? Um, like you said, I think Alex Perez is – tough i think this is going to be a dog fight and it's going to go the distance i don't think there's going to be a knockout i'm going to unanimous decision for figueredo um with a unanimous decision so are we only are we only opposites on means and perry for the main card i think so I think so. Well, we'll definitely that'll change when it comes. Well, to you know, it'll be our feelings. We're always <laughs> our feelings are always different. opposite of each other. And then Dre, the tears were way better yesterday for me. Dre is still Dre is still is Dre is still beat me last night, and so she still gets the better picker uh, win for from last <laughs> night for sure. I won the week before, so we are we are kind of trading back and forth. We're almost like the random Marcos. Uh, because yeah. like one wins and then one loss, one win, one loss, and one loss, so and then we'll throw a that. couple ties in between. <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> god, we would talk about that. So <laughs> then, uh, so we'll definitely see what happens next week for uh, UFC 255. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and dive right into our Twitter questions. I know our first one comes from the homie Raging Sweet Potato. Raging, what do you got for us this week, brother? I love this one. Um, so it says the Gracie family has been competing in MMA across four decades, the nineties, the two thousands, 2010s, and now the twenties. Does the Gracie name still hold the same kind of power that it once did in MMA or has it waned over the years, uh, with their overall level of success in MMA having declined? I think it really all depends on how long you've been a fan and how much you watch MMA, dude. Like, if you, those of us like you and I, Andrea, too, that have been mm-hmm. watching from the beginning, we know the Gracie name and how synonymous it is with jujitsu in MMA. You talk about the first generation, Hoist, Hoyler, Henzo. These guys were dominant for a very long time, right? But then now you look at, but they were all jujitsu fighters, right? They were all, you know, the striking was very rudimentary. They were trying to prove that they could win, and they were very successful at it for a very long time with almost entirely jujitsu right the new generation things have changed that's it's no longer people are super uh unsure of what to do when they're in those positions so now the newer generation cron neiman hodger these guys not only know jujitsu but have also evolved their striking game their wrestling their muay thai to be more competitive in today's mma right so i think Man, I think there would have to be two to three world champions across the major promotions in MMA with the Gracie name for the newer fans and this newer generation of people who are getting into MMA for it to kind of hold the same weight or hold the same water with the Gracie name. So, again, to answer your question, those of us who are kind of older heads who have been around for a longer time, we know the name of Gracie and what it means to the sport of MMA and how powerful it was. I think for the newer generation, there's going to have to be some titleists. There's going to have to be some guys holding the fucking belts, UFC, Bellator, one KSW, whatever it is um, for that, for the newer generation to really kind of get the full level of respect for that Gracie name. So that's my answer on that one. Great question. RSP. Um, Let's move into our next question which comes from the homie Scott Nolan. What does Scott have for us this week, Drea? 
in a perfect world where we have rhino white, what's the next few? <laughs> <laughs> what are the next few matchups that you want to see in the lightweight division? Felder and RDA both made some strong cases for themselves last night, and with Habib gone, it feels like the wild west there now. Love you guys. Love the show, and hope all is well. Uh, we love you too, new dad Scott Nolan <laughs> down there in Texas. I hope you're finding some sleep wherever you can find it, my brother. Um, so basically, this has been a really hot topic of conversation in the MMA world, this 155 division and what's next and who should do this or what. Um, I, I talked about it a little bit before. I think it was two shows ago. I, I think there are lots of great matchups that could be made, and, and you could you could revise this in a lot of different numbers, right? You got, you could do Justin versus Dan Hooker, Tony versus Charles Oliveira. Uh, you could do uh, Fieta versus Rage and Al. You got, you know, Lord, it looks like we're going to get Connor versus Dustin. Then there's, you, you know, you got Kevin Lee in the mix. You got Chandler now in the UFC. I mean, there's lots of different fights that can be made at 155. So literally any of those guys in that top 10, any way you want to mix and match them, go ahead. Because you already got Connor and Dustin. Look like it's going to happen. So there's all the rest of those guys. Make make them happen, dude. I would love Justin versus Hooker or Tony versus Oliveira or Fajada versus Rage Now and Kevin Lee's in the mix. It's just it's a, it's it's an amazing time right now for lightweight. And there's lots of matchups that not only would be fun for the fans, but would absolutely make sense, which doesn't always coincide with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Felder is there. RDA is making a case for himself. Lots of really fun matchups that could be made. So yeah, definitely 155 is one thing to kind of look at and see what happens over the next six months or so. And then we'll kind of be able to assess where the smoke clears, what we have as far as the actual title picture, right? So great question, Scott. Once again, congratulations on your new Bambino. And let's move into our third question, Drea, which comes from Cyrus King. What does Cyrus have for us this week? Do you think RDA can make a title run one last time? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. <clears throat> to start off, dude, RDA looked great last night. Um, lightweight is obviously where he belongs. That stint he had up at 170 was not good for him. Uh, that being said, no way do I see him being able to get the belt at 155, even if he stays out at 155. He's 36 years old, and in the smaller weight classes, it's even harder to have success as you get up in the age, right? I am, I have everybody knows mm-hmm. that I have all four older fighters having success, but the, the lower the weight class, the less and less often you see that. Uh, he's 36 years old. He's at 43 pro fights, 30 and 13 record, two and four in his last six. Okay, regardless of the weight class, that's a mark of where you're at inside of the cage with your talent level, right? So it's not like he was being outsized huge by most of these guys, except maybe Usman is a lot bigger than RDA, but the rest of those guys were pretty comparable in size to him. It was really more about skill than it was size, for at least my perspective of it. So I think he could have success at 155. I think he could put himself into the mix in that top 10 for sure. Um, I don't see him making a run of the title. I just don't. Um, But that doesn't mean the rest of his career can't have some wins. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of have him go out in the twilight of his career with some great wins. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with RDA. Dre, do you want to weigh in on this one? I I agree with you. I, I just feel like the older you get and the lower weight class that you're in, you're fighting against people with that have that speed. Um, and to be honest, I feel like Paul Felder, I mean, he looked good in the striking department with him. It's just he he obviously in the when it came to the jujitsu part, I mean, he just was way too strong for him and couldn't couldn't hang with him in that department. But when it comes to um 
just that speed and everything. I I just don't see him going for the championship at, again at that at that weight class. Yeah, and it'd be different if we're talking about maybe a different weight class at a different time, but we're talking about 155 now. Yeah, and, and that 155 and that's a deep division. If there ever was one, <laughs> definitely, I agree. So, so Cyrus King, thank you so much for that question. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out Cyrus King on uh, his podcast, Combat Corner. Um, Sarah King is a wonderful human being. Check him out on Twitter with his amazing food porn. Uh, wonderful, wonderful dude. Absolutely check him out. So, Drea, that concludes our voice. I'm sorry, our Twitter questions for this week. So, <laughs> we are so glad you had your triumphant return. You had some great picks on UFC 255. Your Drea's drop of the night was sick. We loved it. We are so glad to have you back on board. And then uh, we will absolutely talk to you next week. All right, and I will get that Drea's Drop of the Night video up as soon as possible so everyone can check it out if they missed it last night. Very, very cool. Good idea. Co-sign on that, and we will talk to you soon. All right, have a good one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our voice questions. I know the first one comes from my very dear homie Gina at Just Gina MMA, G-Spot from the Woe and from Shots Fired Pod. What do you got for us this week, Gina? Hey, Rhino, it is Gina from Just Gina MMA. What's going on? Listen, as of lately, I've been suffering from like uh, MMA overload. I find some of these cards, the names don't scream at me. Some of the, the action is a little lackluster or there's obvious mismatches and the cancellations. And then we have fighting every week and I'm just like kind of burnt out, bro. Are you also burnt out? And if so, what are you doing to deal with this uh, burnt out energy? And if you're not, well, what advice do you have for me and listeners that might just be a little tired of the the excessive cards and all the mismatches and and all the stuff? And I hate to complain because I watch every goddamn fight, but I am burnt out. You got any advice? And as always, love the show, love you, and can't wait to hear your answer. So, so for me, G, combat sports are the only thing that I never burn out on or get sick of, right? It's my absolute passion, uh, not, not just as a participant, but as a fan. One of the main reasons is that very reason is there is no offseason. Uh, unlike other sports, it's year-round and it's all the time. And even during the uh, pandemic, we have had a ton of, uh, of MMA and boxing events to watch because they have proven that it can be pulled off safely, at least so far, knock on wood, you know, but so far so great. Right. So one way that I think you can always make a card more appealing if you're not, if you're like not that into it on paper, like if it's not, if it's not one of those sexy cards, like I can't wait for that, but you don't know some of the fighters pick two or three fighters that you may not have any idea who they are or ever seen them fight. Uh, research them, look them up, see where they're from, see what they do, see some of their old fights. It, it, it absolutely adds a layer of wanting to see them. It absolutely adds a layer of interest, of excitement, and it absolutely does that for me on, on, on occasion, although I'm always excited for the fights, to be honest, but sometimes I like adding that extra layer of, of like anticipation and putting some investment into fighter that I may not know uh, much about. So that's absolutely what I do. I think if you try that and you, you know, it might work for you, but maybe not, but yeah, definitely that's what kind of gets the, the, the juices flowing and, and the blood flowing more for some of these fights, uh, fight cards where you don't know a ton of fighters on there or you're not really thrilled about. So that's what's worked for me in the past. Uh, thank you so much for calling in Gina. Love you. Love your shows. Super duper awesome. And you are super necessary. All right. Let's go into our next question from my homie Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes, the eye side of graphic design. What do you got for us this week, Dave? 
Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Um, <clears throat> want to ask your opinion on uh, Sean Strickland. What do you think is uh, what would you put next for him? <clears throat> Just looking at uh, the fight again from last night, Alan Strickland. I think uh, there's a lot going on, so it uh, maybe didn't get some of the shine, but I was really impressed with Strickland last night. Um, yeah, so I'm curious what's next for him. And uh, also, uh, I know that Tumayev is, is facing Leon Edwards, but I started to think last night how fun it would be uh, to think about a possible Chaos Williams Kamzat Jemayev fight. Uh, that would be pretty cool right now. Anyways, man, uh, yeah, what do you think is next for Strickland? Talk to you soon. Peace. Oh, next for Sean Strickland. Well, you know, he's got a three-fight winning streak now, too, in just the last two weeks. Uh, lots of guys in the top 15 would be good matches, but I kind of came up with this. So, Jacare and Martin Vittori are, ha- are happening in December. They're fighting in, in, uh, in December. Either one of those would be a great matchup, but I think he should take the winner. Coming off of, you know, three wins, he should take the winner of Jacare versus Martin Vittori. Now, Jacare would be very interesting to try to see him stay on the feet and not let Jacare take him down and sub him. But Vittori would be a stand-up war, and also they would both talk so much shit. <laughs> so I think that would be very entertaining. So I definitely like that for part one of your question. Uh, for part two, I don't think they'll make the, the matchup between Makachev and Chaos, and here's why. They both have similar records, uh, so it would make sense. But I just think that they are trying to push Makachev with bigger names right now. And I think they're going to try to bring chaos along a little bit slower. Um, I just think because of the popularity via the fan base, I think chaos can get there. But if he keeps knocking people out like he did last night to poor, uh, poor Abdul. But um, yeah, I just think they're on two different kind of planes as far as how they're going to be pushed in the organization. But would I love to see that fight? Of course I would. I think it'd be a great fight. I just don't think we're going to see that any anytime soon. So uh, if you guys haven't already, absolutely check out Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, at Solo Shoes, the Einstein Graphic Design. The band puts together the most amazing posters, hats, shoes, whatever you can think about as far as graphic design goes. He is the man. So thank you very much, my friend, Dave, my brother. All righty. So after a quick word from our local sponsor, we're going to get into our 10 rounds with LFA Bantamweight standout, Maurice the Mo Show Miller. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor.
Ladies and gentlemen, the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves quite the special treat today. LFA standout out of Independence, Ohio. My man, Maurice the Mo Show Miller, just a few weeks ahead of his LFA fight. December, uh, I believe it's December 4th. Am I right on that, Mr. Miller? Correct. Oh, awesome, dude. So thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Mo, what I love to do uh, with our first question of the 10 Rounds of Rhino, we love to hear the origin story. How did you get into this world of mixed martial arts, dude? Uh, Well, growing up, I was always um, in combat sports or martial arts like uh, taekwondo and wrestling. Uh, but during high school, I kind of focused more so on wrestling and stopped playing other sports. So I went through college. Um, actually, during college, I used to, uh, during the summer, go to uh, a couple MMA gyms. And I would train with the fighters there. And I just kind of was natural. So I thought, like, once uh, college was over, that I would try it. Like, and not wait, and just, I just, here we are. Yeah, yes, sir. So you definitely mentioned your wrestling. Now, uh, I like how you just said you kind of were focusing on your wrestling. You became a D2 All-American, dude. <laughs> <laughs> D2 All-American at Notre Dame College in uh, Ohio. Can you kind of walk us through, did you think in high school that you were going to be able to go uh, on a wrestling scholarship or be able to wrestle at that level in college? Well, in high school, I didn't make it to state. So I thought, but I knew uh, just based on how my career went in high school, uh, I beat some good people. So I knew like I can uh, compete at the next level. I just had to, to, I just needed someone to see me, basically. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and that person was uh, Dante Rini. He came to one of our district tournaments. He wrestled at Notre Dame at the time. And he, even though I didn't make it out, he seen that I had potential. So he uh, hit up Anthony Ralph, who's now the um, recruiter and coach at Ohio State. And they took a chance on me. So I always felt I could compete at the next level. I just knew, I just needed a shot, basically. Sure, sure. You just needed the right push from the right person, and you absolutely delivered. Uh, so your gym, Strong Style MMA, has had some of the top fighters in the entire world that have come through. Matt Brown, Cody Garbrandt, Brett Rogers, Jessica I, John the Llama Whisperer Gunter, and a little-known heavyweight maybe some people have heard of named Stipe Miocic. Um, can you kind of tell us about how you got involved with Strong Style MMA, like how you found that gym, how you got introduced to it, and uh, kind of what kind of fit it's been for you ever since? Uh, Strong Style is near, or I would say probably like 20 minutes away from Notre Dame. So even when I was in college, I went up there a couple of times. Uh, the coaches, they probably didn't know me. They just thought I was a wrestler or whatever. But after, uh, I, after college, I went back home to Canton, Ohio and started, uh, hopping gyms around Canton. And I had two college teammates, uh, Kobe Fair and Jeffrey Pell, who trained at Strong Style at the time. And they knew my situation, and I was just hopping around, taking amateur fights. And I knew if I wanted to uh, really take it serious and get to the next level in MMA, that I would need a good gym. And talked to some people, 
And that's how I ended up there, just through those teammates. Sure, sure, dude. That's fucking awesome. Uh, so you've had you finished fights or won fights in a pretty wide variety of ways, Mo. We got punches, we got decisions, we got rear naked choke. Which do you think is your like your favorite way to finish a fight? Like, what's the what's the way to get it done that you absolutely feel the most satisfied with? Uh, I haven't had one yet, but uh, uh just a one punch knockout. <laughs> you want to walk off now? <laughs> walk off KO Mark Hunt style? Yeah, just something short and sweet. <laughs> get out of there. But yeah, I like to, I like to think I got a, a wide variety of things that I can do. So it's just whatever the opponent gives me at that time, that's that's what I'll look for. I got you, dude. Uh going back to the Amis until now, you are ten and O. Do you think do you think a victory in December kind of puts puts the I don't know, the fuel to the fire of it's time for the Mo Show to get a shot at the UFC? Uh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm doing my part. You know what I mean? I'm that's I got to win that fight. And that's all I'm focused on right now, uh, because without that fight, the UFC ain't coming no time soon. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, for sure, dude. So, yeah, you're fighting. Um, oh man, I'm having a hard time with his name. Uh, Regivaldo yeah. Caravaglio out of Brazil uh, for the LFA, like the aforementioned we said on December fourth. Do you see any problems that he potentially possesses, and if so, like what are you looking to counter with? Uh, yeah, it's always problems in the fight, <laughs> especially at the pro level. So I feel like I feel like uh, with his style. Just off the fights that I've seen, I feel like he's definitely coming to fight on the feet. Uh, probably has good jujitsu, so I just got to be aware. Like if we hit the ground or on the feet, be patient a little bit and uh, see what he offers me. Like pretty much the same as every opponent, just fill him out a little bit uh, and just see what they give me. See see the mistake they make. Absolutely. And then you can capitalize on it, dude. So this is going to be your third fight of 2020. So you've been very active uh, in a time where it's not the easiest thing to find fights right now. Is that how you kind of want to see your career as it progresses? Do you want to be a kind of one of these very active fighters who gets to fight three, four times in a year? Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah, I went through five years of college, so I didn't start MMA at 21. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, I think um, I'm progressing on pace to how me and my coaches uh, see my future. So I think three or four fights a year is perfect for me. I, I like to stay active. I like I don't like to sit around. And if I'm not injured, I like to uh, keep it going. I'm not where I need to be yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so who am I to just wait around? Dude, the best way to do the best way to get better is actually in cage experience. Everybody who knows. Uh, everybody knows that for sure, dude. So the Mo Show is such a cool fucking name, dude. It's one of my favorite nicknames I've ever heard, dude. The Mo Show, <laughs> it comes out so perfectly, especially with your last name being Miller. Where did the Mo Show nickname come from, dude? What's the what's the story behind that? So so look, I got, the Mo Show really wasn't a nickname, but it became one, I guess. Just from the Mo Show was the event. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 do you yeah, remember what I, I always say it like put me in a uh like 
uh, like Cat Williams used to say, like be the star in your own movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. On fight day, even though it's like uh, a lot of fighters or whatever. I, the origin it came from me and a group of friends when I before my first fight, we were just talking about the card, and it was like so and so is on the card. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not even going. We're not even going to watch this promotion. We're just going to watch yeah. the Mo Show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's so. That's how it went. So like, whenever I say it, um, that's the mindset I'm in. Like, I'm not. Is is I know it's an event or it's a show for everybody, but like, I got to worry about me, and I just act like everybody is there for me and to see me and. And that helped get me in a little mood, I guess. Yeah, dude. No, that's. I think that's a great mindset. I could. That's. A, that was an amazing answer, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so Cleveland is a highly underrated food town. Now, Mo, when I in my ten rounds with Ryan, I always include at least one food question because it's kind of one of those things that's universal for all of us, dude. So Cleveland, again, highly underrated. There's lots of great restaurants there. When you get that, when you get the time to go out in Cleveland, what is your go-to food, and where do you like to go get it at? Uh, yeah, around here got a variety of foods. So like, uh, I like it's called the Boiler. It's a crab spot. I love seafood. I like that. I like the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, After like, I like Five Guys. (laughs) We all love Five Guys, dude. Um, Yeah. I went, to a joint, I went to a joint last time I was in Cleveland that was uh, – it was by Michael Simon, who I've seen on TV, one of those Iron Chef dudes, bald dude, you know? And I think it was called Lola, and I had some sort of, like, cheese, steaky, po' boy, big sub, and it was one of the best things I've ever had in my entire life, dude. So if you get the chance to go to one of those Michael Simon restaurants in Cleveland, holy shit, downtown, I give you my right? full cosign. Yeah, downtown in the flats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I ain't been there yet. Dude, I believe me, it's worth the trip. <laughs> so again, everybody, if uh, if you want to follow Mo, Mo, can we hear about your socials? Like, where can we follow the Mo Show? Where can we get to uh, see you both on Twitter and Instagram? What are the uh, what are the handles? All right, Twitter and Instagram both are uh, Mo M O underscore Milla M I L L A. Twitter and Instagram. Beautiful, dude. I assure you that the Rhino Gang is going to be all about checking out your fight on December 4th on the LFA on Fight Pass. Look out for this guy, everybody. Bantamweight standout for sure. He's got good wrestling. He's got good strikes. He, the, I'm ready to watch the Mo Show. I'm ready to watch the next episode of the Mo Show. Dude, that's <laughs> what I'm ready for, and I hope everybody else is too. So, Mo, once again, thank you so much for coming on today. We are all going to ride with you uh, through the LFA fighter next fight and see what's going on later down with you, uh, with your career, my friend. All right, thank you for having me. This is Mo Miller, a.k.a. Mo Show, and I just went 10 rounds with the Rhino. Man, that was so cool to get to talk to the Mo Show, dude. What a very, what a very interesting guy. It's always very interesting to talk, you know, talk to somebody that I haven't uh, known too much about their career with. What an exciting fighter this guy is. He is a star in the making. I'm telling you, the wrestling credentials, the power, the training facility that he trains at, Strong Style MMA, is a perfect fit for the guy. I can't wait for his fight in December for the LFA and then later on to see him in one of the major organizations. Very, very cool. So thank you very much. Once again, Mo Show. All right, let's go ahead and get into our shout-outs for our participants this week. Rage Street Potatoes, Scott, Cyrus for your write-ins. Fantastic questions, gentlemen. Uh, G 
from the from the Wocast and Shots Fire Pod. Fantastic voice question. And of course, my man Dave Fretz. Way to bring the fire once again, my brother. Also, of course, everybody in the Rhino Gang, the homies in the MCCI, Lanta Brown, both Pamela's, Miss Fight Diva, uh, D Kranz, uh, Antonio, all you guys who listen. My, oh, my homie Angel, dude, thank you so much for all of your support lately, my brother. Uh, definitely to Brat MMA. Everybody who listens every week and who, who comments, I, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys. Of course, to my Triple D, to D reigns to Dave Fretz, to Dre and my future player. Thank you guys so much. You're the absolute backbone of this show. All righty, folks, we got a big one coming up this week. UFC 255. Let's try to make it through there together. Be kind to one another. Stay inside if you can. Wear a mask if you're out. Black Lives Matter. And we will see you next week. Cage Sound!